Welcome to the Chaos Network. Now you're all in big, big trouble. What time is it? We will throw out all kinds of sports topics. The moment Delonte West banged LeBron's mom, LeBron had every right to do whatever he wanted to do. Yeah, that's horrible. Political views. If we get rid of abortion in the United States, what happens when Bethlehem Roethlisberger is uh, holding <laughs> down some chick and gets her pregnant and she can't get rid of the baby? <laughs> Is that your best? Random rants and stuff. Are you supposed to record podcasts over? I'm your huckleberry. I do drugs all my life. My life will be shorter. Oh, Peyton Manning breaks his fucking arm. <laughs> yeah, no no more than 40 minutes ago. I'm sitting here at the phone looking at it and go, holy fuck, it's Thursday. We still have a show to do. So I sent a text out to the boys, and there's really everyone else was thinking the same thing except for Scotty. Scotty was the one that was on it and was ready to go. So I'm I'm glad he was because if he wasn't, honestly, there'd be no show tonight, which I'm sure some of you are, are are happy as hell that there is a show. Thank God. And we're gonna do things a little bit different, really. We're just you're gonna listen to what you normally do, just a couple of guys bullshitting. But we're gonna go into something a little different that we haven't gone into yet that we've been meaning to go into. We're going to talk a little fan duel tonight. We're going to kind of have a DMAF. Scotty and I were talking about it. There's some, uh, a, a, at least somebody out there that we need to uh, make mention about. Uh, we pulled up his shit. Just, it's kind of weird news, DMAF rolled all together. Um, but in the meantime, we'll do a little housekeeping. Scotty, you down for housekeeping or you want me to do it, bro? Uh, dude, I got fucking absolutely nothing in front of me, brother. Nothing but a bunch of empty beer cans and a half full one that I'm drinking out of. All right, so let's just we'll do a little housekeeping here. I'll I'll roll with it. So, if you want to get a hold of the show, it is uh, uh, call in number six four six three seven eight zero seven nine three. Give us a call. Let us know how we do how we're doing. What you want to talk about? Uh, give a give a shout out to Gov and Hollywood, who are working their second jobs tonight. Um, and if you want to get a hold of those guys, it is uh, Hollywood or Boys Town or whatever you want to call them. It's at SOW Hollywood. I want to get over to Governor, uh, the, uh, the dad of dads. It is at Governor Baines. Um, you want to get a hold of uh, Scotty here, Snowflake, uh, and uh, uh, however it is that you want to address him is fine. But if you want to get him on Twitter, it's at Kendall Scott. And again, if you want to get a hold of me, it is at FN Chaos. Usually I just want the hate mail. You send all the good stuff to those guys, the hate mail to me. And that's, that's really the best way we want to, want to do it. So, again, the uh, telephone number is area code 646-378-0793. Um, Scotty, you made it through a, a retail holiday. You hold up okay? Everything all right? Yeah, I'm good, brother. Uh, <clears throat> we had a, a knife-wielding... Uh, I guess uh get the fuck out of here. Someone pulled out oh, your store? Oh, absolutely. We had a guy uh try to steal some product for us from us and when my uh manager confronted him at the front door, the guy uh bull rushed and started wrestling with my manager and then pulled a knife out of his uh pants last uh two weeks ago actually. Yeah, but besides that everything's been pretty cool. Jesus Christ. Are you we uh we now have a uh, armed security guard on staff at my store from now until the end of the year. You know what? You found wood bodies in your parking lot, and now you have great. Yeah, uh, yeah. But but Kanye West thinks it's uh thinks it's like uh, being a soldier or a police officer <laughs> being a musician. <laughs> Apparently, a retail store manager is just as dangerous. Oh yeah, the guy that lives in Malibu. 
Jesus fucking Christ, he's an idiot. I'm glad you're alive. I'm glad you're not one of the dead bodies we found in the parking lot. Thank fucking goodness for that shit. Uh, cool. Well, good to have you on. We'll do this shit. Uh, let's do... I'm going to start this DMAF. Why not? This is another public service announcement. <laughs> you just tell me that eating pussy is going to give me cancer? Yep. Oh, good God is going to eat my DMAF. But as they say in the U.S. Navy, there is no wrong hole. No! Getting a little strange on daytime TV. You are broke back, Jack. I'm your huckleberry. Also DMAF. Quiet, numbskulls. I'm broadcasting. All right, so actually, first, I got I to gotta make mention, I, I saw a bumper sticker uh, that uh, a lot of people aren't going to understand. I think Scotty's going to understand it, but most people won't, so if you need to look it up, look it up. Uh, the bumper sticker said, uh, I heart Roman lions. So make sure you take a look at that, and, and maybe you'll understand what Roman lions are and why some people heart them. And the other one was, uh, uh, Jesus loves me, but I just make sure he wears a condom. That incited a few people, but that was pretty funny to me. So uh, DMAF, uh, <laughs> it's kind of more weird news because the guy's just a fucking idiot. Uh, there's an Arkansas man who allegedly hatched his crazy elaborate plan to murder a former employee. Um, and the uh, uh, guy's name is Larry Barnett. He's a 60-year-old, 68-year-old old man who probably has a hard time working his way through roundabouts as he, tries, as he drives his car. But... What he did do was he does have a cell phone, unfortunately for him, and he pocket-dialed, butt-dialed, whatever you want to call it, um, a former employee who he wanted to murder. Well, when he fucking ass-crack-dialed him, he, uh, the guy actually sat and listened to the phone call, and he, the, uh, Mr. Barnett was talking to somebody else and telling him how he wanted to kill the gentleman that he called. Um, and... Uh, he overheard him say, I don't care if you have to burn down his house to the ground with him in it. I don't care what you have to do. Just make sure it looks like an accident. So um, the, the guy who got the call uh, <laughs> called the cops to tell him what was going on, left the house, and the cops showed up later, and I, I guess they, it looked like the house was burglarized with a, uh, a open uh, gas line uh, from the stove. Uh, and, of course, they charged uh, him with uh, conspiracy to commit murder. So this is one of those things you see on America's dumbest criminals, you know, the, the people who, I mean, it, we've read a story like this a few times where someone, uh, you know, asked, I was usually the cops or something, but I can't imagine picking up my phone, saying hello, my caller ID tells me exactly who it is, and I can hear rustling in the background because sometimes someone will fucking butt dial you and sometimes I will do that to where I'll, I'll just kind of listen to see if they're trying to do it, if it's an accidental call or, you know, sometimes they just have you holding on for a second. And then all of a sudden I hear somebody, you know, who wants to kill me in the process kind of go through and get my whole life, my whole world, try to figure out how they're going to get rid of me. What a dumb fuck. I guess the rule should also be, if, if you're over a certain age, you shouldn't be planning to plot somebody's fucking death. I mean, I'd say the cutoff line is maybe about 45 on that. Once you're 68, you can barely bust open your bingo cards anyway. You don't even know B12 or O69 or anything like that. Once, you, once you're on Viagra, you've got to be able to stop getting your fucking fix and, and, and killing people. So, dude, you know, weird news because Hollywood couldn't be here. DMAF, he definitely takes the cake. And Scotty's the one that found it. Scotty's been all over today on the show, getting me on point. So thanks for getting that to me, bro. No problem, man. And just to be clear, so the person that he butt-dialed was the person that he was planning to kill. Yeah. Was who he butt-dialed. 
So, <clears throat> I mean, I know they they look extremely lame, but this would have been a good situation where, like, one of those cool belt clips would have came into play <laughs> for your phone. You know, you rock it on your belt, and then you just snap it into there and shit like it's your Batman utility belt. I mean, but <laughs> butt styles like this don't happen. Wow. I mean, Do you have one of those, guy? No, I I uh, wish I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, how how fucking retarded can you be? I mean, he, so the guy is a he's a used car dealer in Arkansas, and he owed a former employee a bunch of money. So instead of just paying him the money, and a bunch of money in Arkansas is probably like five hundred bucks, six hundred <laughs> bucks probably. Uh, the guy probably made his trailer payment for him one week <laughs> or one month. So, I mean, we're talking a couple hundred bucks, worst-case scenario. And instead of just paying the guy the money the next time you got your government check or or fucking, like, calling him and setting up payment arrangements on it, he decides he's going to kill the guy. And he calls a hitman, and while he's talking to the hitman in person, he butt-dials the guy he's going to try to kill. Like, there's nothing more priceless about that situation. I mean, could you imagine just hanging out at your house and your phone rings and you're like, fuck, it's Billy, my boss. I bet he's calling me to set up payment for this money that he owes me. Yeah, exactly. And then then you pick up the phone and you hear Billy go, I don't give a fuck what it takes. Burn his house to the ground. (laughs) And you're like, what the fuck? Chances are, I mean, that's... Chances are he's probably going to pay this fucking dude more than he owed Billy. Oh, absolutely. Like, his his entire life in the trailer park is ruined because they're taking the trailer, they're right. taking Pete and Flamingos, oh, they're taking I love 68 Camaro that he always meant to fix up that's sitting out in the front yard that doesn't run. Like, they're right. taking everything from this dude. God damn, damn, the pink flamingos are gone too. Shit. Yep. Uh, and, yeah, and usually when you're in the trailer park... When you're in Arkansas and you're planning a murder, you're fucked. Doesn't matter. You're fucked. I mean, the only thing you're doing well in Arkansas is banging your cousin's sister or your sister yourself. Doesn't matter either way. So DMAF brought to you as this show is uh, by Scotty. So uh, over the past, I don't know, entire football season, we've come to know Scotty. as We've known him as one thing. He's the king of FanDuel. We haven't talked about it on the air. We may have. Mentioned it a couple of times. So usually Thursday night is when, or Wednesday or Thursday night when they have the Thursday games, I guess it was Wednesday, we'd get our fan to a lineup set. we get our uh, our invites done, which I guess we got to get that done for the boys this week. And Scotty's been a candidate. So we've been meaning to do like a FanDuel segment. For anybody who doesn't know, FanDuel is pretty much salary cap football for money or salary cap NHL or NBA for money. So uh, you either start out, depending on what type of league you're in, if it's a beginner league, you start out with about $65,000 of a salary cap. If it's more of an expert league, it's right about $60,000. Then you pick a quarterback, two running backs, three wide receivers, a tight end, a kicker, and a defensive team. Um, and you go either against – you can go against – Scotty and I can go heads up. Uh, we can get a four-man uh, sports our way uh, thing that we have going. Or you can be in tournament with about you know 10,000 other people. It just It's there for everybody. So uh, Scotty spent the most time on this, and he's won the most money on it. Now, how much would you say you're you're pretty well up? Oh, dude, I'm severely up. Severely up. Okay. Severely up. Yeah. All right. And are you are you you're winning? Has there been 
I want to say you're winning every week, but has there been, I mean, you, you've won more weeks than you lost, but have you won about every week? Yeah, I've won every week. I usually play in five to six different matchups, um, and normally I'll hit in three of the five that I'm playing in. And the great thing about FanDuel is, I mean, you can start off to get comfortable with it, playing in head, head-to-heads against people you don't know and just playing for, like, two bucks, which pays you 380 yeah, um, you know, shit like that, until you really figure out what you're doing. But I mean, if you're a if you're a seasoned fantasy football player, I mean, it, it it's great. But what you have to keep in mind is when you're playing, you know, over the course of a season, the great thing about FanDuel is you're really playing matchups. You know, any any, any mindless fuck can take, you know, Drew Brees or Peyton Manning, um, and just ride him through an entire season. But this is a week to week thing, so you really have to dig into you know, who's playing who and what team's giving up the most fantasy points to tight ends, you know, situations like that. You really have to do your research, which is why I enjoy playing. Well, I was hesitant because I always, always hated doing salary cap because you can have the same, you and I can have the same exact team, and, and you know, when that happens, there's really no edge, so I hate it. But uh, mid-season this year is when you guys really started getting me into it. So now... I'm I'm fucking roped into this shit, just like you are. So so we're going to talk. Sorry, maybe a little slow show, but I don't give a fuck. This is what we're going to do. We're going to talk what we have. We're going to talk matchups on, on the FanDuel setup. Uh, it's really easy to set up a deposit if you guys want to do it. The show is not brought to you by FanDuel, although if they did want to sponsor us, that's okay. Um, so really, we've got a, what do we say, it's a $5 entry. And the pro pool is what fifty thousand dollars is what we said. Yeah, we're do a for this show. We'll do the the beginner contest if anybody listening wants to jump into it. Uh, I mean, it's a sixty five k roster is what you get to build, which is the highest amount of money you can get. So it, it it's better for people that don't know what the fuck they're doing because when you, it seems like not a lot of money going from 65 to 60, but when you go to 60, you got to take a couple of risks and, and take a couple of deep players. So you got to take a deep running back or a deep wide receiver or a couple of deep wide receivers to free up enough money for the name brand people that you're accustomed to taking in fantasy football. So, I mean, we'll, we'll start with 65 and, uh, and we'll, we'll kind of go from there this week. All right. So, did you finally get your set, or are you still toying with it? No, I uh, I actually, as you were playing the intro to the show, made a couple changes, and I've got my team set now. All right, let's go through your team. So, at quarterback, I went back after changing quarterbacks multiple times to Drew Brees against Tampa Bay, uh, which was a, let me look here, I think he was a 10K. Yeah, he was a 10K pickup. All right. Uh, so that took you down to forty-five or 55000 55. The way I usually set my teams up is I'll take a kicker and a defense uh, first. And the lowest price you'll pay for a kicker or a defense is five k each. So I'll always pick up a 5K kicker and a 5K defense, unless there's a defense that I really like for 5100 or 5200 based on the matchup. So this week I took the Eagles defense against Dallas because we may have – 60-year-old John Kitna is the starting quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. So I picked up Philly's defense for 5100 bucks. I took uh, the guy that we're not quite sure how to pronounce his last name, but it's Stephen 
Hushka is the way it looks for 5K. Uh, Seattle's kicker against St. Louis. So those were my two bottom dollar pickups at kicker and defense to free up my money for the rest. As you already know, my kicker and defense take me to 55. I took Drew Brees against Tampa Bay because the Saints are still playing for a seed position. And the tricky thing about this week is there's a lot of players that are listed for high money that have absolutely no reason to play uh, in week 17 past the first quarter. So. Right. And, um, and I think what will happen in a lot of these, and I'm going to guess, is, is you'll get people who are like, oh, yeah, I'll just do this $60,000 one, and, and, oh, yeah, I love Drew Brees, or I love Peyton Manning. You may only play a half, so it doesn't really matter. But go on. Yeah, so uh, based on that, and the fact that it's a $50,000 uh, prize pool, so first place pays five k, second place 2400 third place 1000 uh, if I'm going to take Drew Brees, I'm going to spend a 7600 bucks on uh, Jimmy Graham, and I'm going to double up. Because if I get Brees to Graham two times during the game for a touchdown, um, then I'm looking pretty, pretty good. So you're also looking for some upside in players in, this, in these leagues. So uh, the guy that I've been rolling with the past three weeks uh, at wide receiver is Julian Edelman. Uh, I picked up for uh, 6700 bucks. I took Antonio Brown uh, against Cleveland. I know Hayden's going to be covering him, but uh, based on what we looked at the last game he played Cleveland, he had six receptions for 92 yards and a touchdown, which was good for 17 points. Um, And I also took Pierre Garçon because uh, with Kirk Cousins at quarterback, Pierre Garçon has scored 22 points in fantasy and 25 points in fantasy in the two games he's had with Kirk Cousins. So. Wide receivers were rounding out with Pierre Garçon, Julian Edelman, and Antonio Brown. I so, uh, you're in good shape. I mean, that's for damn sure. Yeah, so my I got two running backs left, man. So, oh, sorry. Yeah, I, 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 I listened to you, and I went with LaShawn McCoy. Oh, that's, that, yeah, uh, that's solid. Yeah, against Dallas' defense. He cost me 9400 bucks, which leaves me $5,500 left to, uh, to pick a running back. So I was looking through running backs uh, at where my best value was for 5500 bucks, And I found this cat named Edwin Baker that plays for the Cleveland Browns. And he had 17 carries for 65 yards and a touchdown, as well as two catches on three targets for 12 yards against a very solid Jets defense. And Cleveland is playing Pittsburgh this week who is not the Pittsburgh defense of old uh, and has given up 119 yards on the ground to opposing running backs. So uh, this Edwin Baker guy seemed uh, pretty appealing to me uh, at $5,400. His last two games, he scored 16 points against Chicago and 14.6 against the Jets. So, he seemed like my uh, my big value play to free up money to uh, to pick up other players. Well, and you've said every week that you know the you win and lose at, at the at the wide receiver position, not the running back position at this, right? Yes, absolutely. So you, you get three wide receivers, two running backs. Um, normally, if I'm going to uh, to pick a, a you know somebody that's coming off the bench to pinch hit and a home run, I'll do it at the running back position, and then I'll put all my money in my wide receivers. The only thing that becomes tricky, like we talked about, is the quarterback position because you look at the top three quarterbacks, 
top four quarterbacks for the money that you're paying for them. Peyton Manning, $11,000. Nick Foles, $9,600. Drew Brees, $10,000. And Aaron Rodgers coming off a broken fucking back or whatever was wrong with him. Yeah. For $9,000. And that's 26, 20, 21, and 19.6 average fantasy points per game. I mean, you drop down to Cam Newton at $8,500, and he's averaging 19.4. Jesus Christ. I mean, it's, you're right. There's, there's not much difference. I mean, if you can get – like, I thought they did uh, kick return yardage in there, which would even be, you know, higher, obviously. But whatever. I mean, you, you're, you're winning every week, so you know what the hell you're doing. So I, I did go with a big-money quarterback. I went with Foles. Um and I went Foles for really two reasons. One, the last time he played Dallas was his shittiest game. That's that's like the next game they they were actually thinking about starting Vic until Vic got hurt, and he only had uh, I think he was like eleven for twenty nine that game. Since then, though, the guy has had twenty nine, twenty, thirty eight, twenty two, twenty two, twenty eight, and fifty nine fantasy points. Um, and Dallas' defense, I mean, when you let, what, McCown and um, Kirk Cousins light you up the way Dallas did, and like you said, they're probably starting a 40-year-old quarterback when he comes in. I just can't see Foles. I mean, Foles is at least going to throw for three TDs, maybe four. I mean, and just that by itself, let's say he throws three, that's 18 fantasy points on its own. And if he throws for over 300 yards, you know, he'll have Dan near 30 points this week against the Dallas D is just so bad. And, you know, I'm sure a couple of those will be screen passes to uh, LaShawn McCoy. So I went Foles. You were talking earlier about Donald Brown. Right now I still have him in at 5,900 because he has been getting the feature car- uh, a lot of the carries from, uh, well, all the carries really out of uh, Indy because that trade just hasn't worked out for them. And 5,900 against Jacksonville defense. Jacksonville defense is, is just it's bad. Jacksonville as a whole is bad, um, and they've been playing worse over the past couple of weeks. Uh, Matt Forte I went with at 8,500 against Green Bay. I don't know what the weather's going to be like. I imagine it'll be cold. I imagine they'll want to run the ball, but they get him involved in the screen game more than anybody else. So, so I, I'm kind of tentative. I don't know if I'm going to say that because I still have $1,800 to spend, so I'm not sure if I'm going to stay there or not. But I'm gonna, and then I put in. Uh, I thought a value wide receiver at 5,500 with Riley Cooper, um, who if Foles is gonna do what I think he's gonna do, I'm sure Cooper will be the beneficiary of a couple of them. Um, then you and I started talking about big name wide receivers, so I went Megatron at 9,300. Detroit at Minnesota. I mean, it's indoor. Minnesota's defense is giving up the most points in the NFL, uh, and it's just who's gonna. There's no one on that team can stop. Calvin Johnson. And then I went Danny Amendola for 6600 I think Edelman is, is, is probably a better value, but uh, it seemed like uh, Brady really started to target Amendola uh, late last week. Uh, and the Patriots still have something to play for. I mean, they could lose the two seed. So um, they're, uh, I think they're a 1 o'clock game. So uh, hopefully they'll go out there and, and they'll play. And, and he'll get, I don't know if he can get a touch and 100 yards, that'd be okay. Um, Graham, I, I can't see another tight end worth starting other than Jimmy Graham. I mean, there's just there's just I mean, you go to uh, Julius Thomas, he's probably not going to play the whole game. Um, you go to uh, just all the other 
I don't know, big name ones, and none of them like uh, Vernon Davis. I mean, he some weeks he's not even getting catches. Uh, Jason Witten is, a, is is one that I would normally think about playing, but <clears throat> Romo's probably not even going to play, or maybe he'll get knocked out within the first play. I think a good value, though, that I didn't play this week but played last week is uh, Mercedes Lewis. Uh, he's got a touchdown now in four straight games, so I think you can get him for a good value at 5,300. But it's hard to turn away from Jimmy Graham. Hitting the Patriots, I took them as my defense at 5,200. They're playing at home against Buffalo. Buffalo, I think, had 19 points they scored last week, which was more than they should score all month long. Uh, and then kicker, I took Minnesota's kicker, Blair, Blair Walsh, because I have a feeling that uh, he'll kick a lot more field goals than he will extra points in that game. So, but I still have 1,800 to spend. I don't know where to do, where to go, so I've got to still dig into some value. Yeah, dude, I, and just listening to you, I just made a couple changes. So I put Nick Foles in instead of uh, Drew Brees, and I just plugged Donald Brown in instead of the uh, kid from uh, Cleveland. Oh, yeah, you had more money. Yeah, because yeah, I had money left. So I was able to make those changes, and I feel better about this. So I'm going to send this through. Yeah. Yeah, the only thing I – yeah, I'm going to mess with the wide receiver a little bit, but um, it's it's – you know, you got me on this crap, you big jerk face, and it's a lot of fun. Oh, dude, I uh, I enjoy putting money on FanDuel and playing weekly fantasy a lot more than I do just placing wagers on games and over-unders on uh, top bets. That's, that's, that scares me a little bit, Scotty. There's, yeah. not, a, there's not a FanDuel. There's, there's Gamblers Anonymous that's out there, so there's not FanDuel Anonymous. So I don't know what we do if it goes wrong for you, bro. Yeah, but the great thing about FanDuel, just like any other type of gambling, I mean, hell, we can play daily NBA teams, you know. You can play daily Major League Baseball. I mean, it's perfect. It's the same damn thing. Have you been doing much NBA or NHL or anything or just all NFL? Uh, It's all been NFL. Once this week's over, then I'll start uh, digging more into NBA and, and NHL, but... The only uh, NBA I've played are the games we've played head-to-head against each other. Yeah, yeah. I think we're one-on-one. I think you got me once. I think I got you once. Yeah, I think we're split. Yeah, speaking, but when, speaking of NBA, dude, did you watch any uh, basketball yesterday? I watched uh, the first two games. Uh, I missed some of. The, I missed the Laker game, which was surprisingly a game. I was impressed with it. Um, but uh, I was uh, I was kind of knocked out when it came uh, time for the Clipper game, which looked like a great game. Yeah, what did you think of the uh, Under Armour skin tight bodysuit looking jerseys they were running around in? <clears throat> I mean, I get that they're trying to make money wherever they can. Teams are so the more jerseys they put out, it's like the Oregon philosophy or the Maryland philosophy. The more jerseys you put out, the more money you're going to make for the st- school or yeah, for the school. And the teams are just doing the same thing. I mean, it just doesn't seem comfortable to me for those guys. It just seems like they're soon – I mean, LeBron was out there, and dude looked like he was wearing shoulder pads. He's so damn yoked. I didn't like them. What would you think? Oh, I, dude, I, I, I didn't like the way they looked either because, I mean, realistically, they looked like dry fit fucking like Nike T-shirts that like just had the team logo and the, the name and number on the back. But, um, I mean, I, I played basketball, and I don't – I don't understand, like, how the guys that are jump shooters, like, how that was comfortable for them to play in, like, that type of attire. Yeah. Like, because I would think that 
the t-shirts would make their shoulders very restricted from a movement standpoint. Right. And it would just feel uncomfortable, you know, playing. And I watched parts of – actually, I was able to pick up all of the games yesterday and, and see parts of it. But uh, the one game that I missed was, was the late game, which was the Clippers and Memphis. Yeah. Which uh, apparently was – No, Clippers and uh, Golden State, sorry. Clippers and Golden State was the game where all the fireworks were. Uh, you know, with the fighting and, and people getting ejected and all that shit. So I, I didn't see any of that until this morning on SportsCenter. Yeah, it's too bad that they put the only good game of the day. Well, Blaker game, I should say, was good, even though it didn't know Kobe, so it didn't have the star feel. I mean, it still went down. I think Miami only won by, like, five. But they put the, the best game of the day on at 1030 at night. I mean, the first two games were 20-point blowouts. I mean, this is supposed to be the day that the NBA takes center stage and kicks off their season, and you're looking at it, and it's exactly what we said the NBA has been all season long. The East has two teams. Everybody else sucks. The West has a few good teams. But when you got into those early games with the Eastern Conference, it was, it was horrible fucking games. It's, it's a horrible product they're putting out. Yeah, so I, let's do this. So did Portland play yesterday? Nope. The Clippers played, though, right? Yeah, Clippers and Golden State played. San Antonio played, right? Uh, no. I don't believe they did. What it, about Miami played? Miami and the Lakers played, yep. Okay. The Pacers did not play. Nope. And Toronto did not play. No. So Toronto is in first in the Atlantic. The Pacers are in first in the Central. Portland's first in the Northwest. And San Antonio's first in the Southwest. So out of the six different divisions in basketball, we saw Miami, the Clippers, and San Antonio. So half of the best teams in the league right now did not play on the big Christmas NBA. I mean, Christmas is like Thanksgiving. Yeah, yeah, like, for like the NBA. To the NFL, sure. Christmas is for the NBA. And you only had half of the teams playing uh, that are at the top of their division because the NBA was so concerned with getting major market teams on TV. Okay, so uh, I was wrong. He, San Antonio did play yesterday. My bad. Okay, so we still missed Toronto, Indiana, and Portland, correct? Yeah. Yeah, yeah so three of the six. We're still at three of the six. And so here's who played, Miami and L.A. So I get why that's set up. I mean, you expect Kobe, uh, Kobe, LeBron. Okay, I, I get that. That makes a little bit of sense. Chicago at Brooklyn. I mean, this is set up even. I mean, Brooklyn is horrible. I mean, they're, not, they're nine and nineteen, and Chicago is eleven and sixteen. Yeah, horrible, horrible. I mean, just what the? You might as well put that on on a fucking, I don't know, midnight game on Monday. Uh, Oklahoma City, all right, cool. In the Knicks, uh, the Knicks haven't won anything in a while. I mean, they 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 were solid last year, but. Any one of Carmelo's teams is always good one year, shitty the next. Houston, okay, you get Dwight Howard, San Antonio, all right, Texas rivalry, well, okay, whatever. Golden State, the Clippers, I think, is the only one that's a good. Golden State, the Clippers, and Miami and the Lakers are probably the only two that should have stayed on there. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, who wants to watch Brooklyn play anybody? No, no, not not me. I mean, really. It, it, it's, you know, you and you, you – you and I were the only two for a long time that watched the NBA. I mean, we used to have the talks where you – I remember back in the day, I mean, I'd say that, it was like we've known each other for decades or something, where you <laughs> think you could watch any NBA game. And there was a time when you could watch, literally in the, in the early 
the mid 2000s, you could turn on the NBA and watch almost any game. Now, if if Indiana and Miami aren't playing in the East, I don't care to watch anybody else in the East right now. And I could watch, you know, almost everybody else in the West, but I I don't care about the East at all. It's it's horrible basketball. Oh, dude. So the number eight seed in the East right now is twelve and seventeen. That is which, pathetic. Which would make them third from the bottom in the West. Right. Utah and Sacramento are the only two teams with worse records than Boston in the West. So let me guess, the tenth seed in the West would be what, the fourth seed in the East? Uh that would be Minnesota at thirteen and fifteen. Uh no, they would they would be the a uh no. They would be the sixth seed. Sixteen. Okay. So maybe they're, they're starting to finally play a little bit better. Yeah, I mean, well, dude, you've got Indiana at twenty-three and five, Miami at twenty-two and six, and then the fucking Atlanta Hawks are the third yeah. seed at fifteen and thirteen. Dude, and I guarantee, if you were to take Minnesota and put them in the East, they probably would be the three seed because they have, you know, they 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 beat up on everybody else in the East. It's fucking horrible. So. I mean, obviously, the the power of the East is in the top two seeds. Right. While the West is very deep. Right. If the top two seeds in the West play the top two seeds in the East right now in a seven-game series, who wins? Is the East the better division just based on the strength of those top two teams? Uh, not, is there somebody out of the West that could challenge Indiana or Miami? I, well, I think right now, like, if, if I were to take the Clippers, I'd take the Clippers against the Heat in a seven-game series right now. I would take I would take San Antonio over Indiana in a seven-game series. I would take Oklahoma over Indiana, but I wouldn't take Oklahoma over Miami. So I, I don't know. I think it's still the matchup. I think I think Indiana and Miami. I think they're probably the two best teams in the NBA, depending on the matchup. Like I think I think the Clippers could take it to about anybody if they if they play like they're they they are supposed to. They just started off really really bad. Yeah, I mean they're twenty and ten right now. Yeah, yeah. They they couldn't get it right in the first, <clears throat> but they're seven and three in their last ten. And I think in their the first ten games of the season, they lost uh, I think seven of those games. Who would you guess is the best team in the West right now? Um, I would say Oklahoma City. Yeah, Portland is the uh, the number one seed right now. Yeah, that I would have never like going into the season. There's no way I, I would have had them as that. No way. I mean. I don't even know what moves they've done to get them there. All I know they have is LaMarcus Aldridge. Yeah, dude. <laughs> I mean, they're fucking 23-5. and five. Jesus. It's, but, I mean, you look at the East, too. I mean, I mean, this is, this is embarrassing. For anybody that – and I get it with uh, Derrick Rose being out. And, I mean, I'm a Boston fan, so I get it. Like, you're down to green and fucking – not even Rondo anymore in Boston. Right. But Atlanta's the third seed. Toronto is the fourth. Charlotte is the fifth. Washington is the sixth. And Detroit is the seventh. That's horrible. Like that. And then you've got, you know, Brooklyn, fourth from the bottom. New York, fifth from the bottom. Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, easy. Even, even taking the other step, Cleveland was supposed to have all this, 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 Great upside with Kyrie Irving is ten and seventeen. I mean, there isn't anybody who's that good. So 
with the talk of Rondo possibly going to the Pacers. What do you think of that shit? Um, so if Boston's going to rebuild, I think it's a good idea. I think, I think Rondo's one of those, like, implosion type of guys. All right. That he can either be really, really great for your organization if the situation fits him, but if he's not surrounded by a situation that fits him, he can be a cancer okay. for the organization. So, to me, this is a potential cancer situation in Boston. Uh, I think that Boston does not provide the best platform for Rondo to to maximize his skill set and be the best player that he can be because they're going to look for him to do way more than what the guy probably should be doing on a team. Uh, I mean, when Rondo's surrounded by other great players, I would say he's probably a top easy five-point guard in the league. Uh, but when he's not just given the the opportunity to play point guard and he's expected to score 20-plus points a game, I think it takes away from what he has to give to an organization. Okay. I think he'd be a great fit on the Pacers because he would be in a situation where he'd be surrounded by other great players where his game would fit in well within the framework and chemistry of the team. What I don't like is – Indiana is the best team in the NBA right now, arguably. Yeah. I don't know if you break up chemistry by letting Hill and I, I get it, Granger just came back, but yeah, by busting up that chemistry to bring Rondo in, and I would not under any circumstances, even though it's going to be a 28th, 29th, 30th pick in the draft, I would not give up a first-round pick next year really? along yeah. with that. I would. Like, first-round pick never bother me when you're a good team because they very rarely make the team. And I, you're right. The chemistry part, yeah, okay, I get that. I mean, really, I guess from the Pacers' standpoint, all they're really giving up is is George Hill for Rondo because they've played so long without Granger. They're used to doing that. But that's where the chemistry point comes in. I mean, I, I think the Rondo coming in to uh, players on that team that can score, the David West, the Hibberts, you know, the uh, – uh, was uh, why can't I remember the other guy's name? Uh, almost MVP. Come on, who is George? Oh, oh, uh, yeah, uh, right. I know. Uh, Came from Palmdale High School, where I went to high school. He went to the same damn one. But dude, I, I, I make fun of him all the time because I says I always say he doesn't show up. But Paul George. Paul George. There you go. Thank you. God, I totally blanked on that shit. I mean, it, it, he has he can set the table with those guys, you know, uh, just feeding them all day long, you know. And so, and then he's still got Lance Stevenson coming off the bench or or whatever. So I, I think I think you're I think you're right on. And I guess I didn't even think about it that way. If he can come in and just dish the ball off to those guys like he did the big three, uh, then he's he's a he's a good fit for him. Uh, and it's not like uh, you're taking the ball out of any one of their hands because you're taking George Hill out of the equation who already has the ball in his hands. So it's not like they need to learn how to play without the ball, does uh, Paul George or anybody like that. I mean, at this point, you, you so here's your starting lineup. Paul George, Roy Hibbert, David West, Lance Stevenson, and Rajon Rondo. That's a hell of a starting lineup. Like, that's scary, dude. Yeah. That is absolutely scary. And what I'll tell you is one day ago it was reported that Danny Granger put his home up on the market uh, uh, here in, in Indianapolis. So Yeah, he's gone. I mean, he should have been gone a little while ago too, though. But it, it, if they could hold on and get this trade, I don't think they could have a better deal to 
take a gamble with fucking with the chemistry for their team than the gamble they're taking for Rondo. I think that's the best best gamble they could make. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, even Granger. I mean, he's a bench guy now, right? So he's what yeah. the seventh guy, I think, coming off the bench. Yeah, sixth or seventh. Yeah. So you look. Last year he was injured. So you look at previous years, points per game: eighteen point seven, twenty point five, twenty four point one, twenty five point eight, nineteen point six. I mean, the guy's thirty years old, so he's got some years left in him. But I mean, it's not like he's a fucking scrub. By any means, either. No, so I think no. if you're a Pacers fan and this, if this trade goes through, I think you're ecstatic because you get an all-star point guard and you get a you get the point guard that Larry Bird has been looking for. Yeah. Since he's been involved in in Pacer basketball. Right. If this trade doesn't go down, then you've got a guy averaging all-star statistics as the seventh guy coming off your bench. Right. And that's not horrible. So <clears throat> look at it from the other side. You're a Boston fan. I mean, is that a deal you want? I would say I would say yes. Yeah. Uh, I I would take the first round pick, even though you would say that you know first round picks that late don't play out, play out. I, this year's draft's going to be deep. Uh, I think there there could be some potential, maybe not some sort of all star caliber, uh, but there's some potential coming out of the draft that might. Uh, you might be able to pick up that late. That could be a contributor coming off the bench at a, at a seven eight position. Um, and I also think that that you move past Rondo. I mean, the the Celtics have been known. Uh, their persona is of the big three, right? You know, and I think if you're going to rebuild the organization, uh, even though Rondo's still a young guy. Um, if you're going to rebuild, rebuild. You know, get rid of Rondo. I think Green's probably somebody that's not going to be around. I think his contract's up after this year, um, so he's probably not going to be somebody that, that's going to be within the organization. And you know, Danny Ainge has always done a good job of uh, building through the draft and through free agency. So free up some cap space. Uh, I could I can handle struggling for a couple of years as a Celtics fan and then retool and make another run at it. So I'm looking, yeah, and I think, so when I say that, that the first-round picks don't matter, I mean it more for, like, for a team like uh, the Pacers who, you know, of their 15-man roster, if you draft somebody at 29, their chances of them staying and making the team probably are, are slim to none. I mean, the Pacers have, I think, on IR uh, or inactive part of it is Rasul Butler, who's, you know, out of LaSalle a couple years in the league, who can ball. I mean, I just don't see anybody else, you know, C.J. Watson, players like that. But where the Celtics can, just like you're saying, that's where they can kind of build their bench from. You know, that 26th, 27th pick uh, in the draft, you know, can add, can give some depth to them. Or who knows, you know, they may turn into a hell of a player too. Uh, and that's, they got the coach too. Brad Stevens can turn a, a you know, he, he can coach players up like they're going out of style. He's a hell of a coach. But, you look at the the depth of the Pacers roster versus the depth of the Celtics roster, and they could definitely make use of that first-round pick a lot more than the Pacers could. So, I mean, here's what I have to ask you. So, when LeBron went to Miami with Bosch to play with Wade, I think it was pretty much the consensus that everybody thought that you were going to have to have your own version of the big three to compete right. in the NBA. But has Indiana not – totally debunked that with the way totally. they brought that team together. Yeah. Like, I mean, if you're if you're an owner, if you're a GM in the NBA right now, like 
what route do you take? Do you take the route of the Heat, or do you take the route of how the Pacers were built? I, I think it's easier to, to take, well, at least to attempt to take the uh, path that the Heat took, because, you know, if you can throw money at people, the problem is um, how many Miami, Floridas are there in the world? I mean, people are also going, eh, we could chill in Miami, we're at the beach, we have a good time. I mean, L.A. can do it, Miami can do it, Chicago might be able to do it. Uh, Why can't New York do it? I, I guess New York could do it. Yeah, there you go, New York could do it. New York just makes bad decisions. They go yeah, after. So why haven't they done it? Yeah, they go after Carmelo and Amari. I mean, they're they're they both signed over a hundred million dollar contracts. Is it just me, or does Amari Stoudemire look like a homeless a homeless <laughs> Rasheed Wallace that wears goggles? He's he's what? Not even thirty. He looks like he's going on fifty, and I don't think he's played a minute so far this season. So you're right. New York tried to do it. They just tried and failed. I mean, their big attempts were we're going to go after Melo. We're going to go after Amari, and we'll bring in J.R. Smith and his little brother to his team, too. New York just needs to get rid of all their front office and bring in entirely new front office. But, I mean, uh, you know who else has kind of done it that way, too, is Golden State. You know, they've they done it through the draft with uh, uh, Curry and uh, uh, what is uh, the, the other shooter's name? And, uh, Clay, uh, fuck, I forget Clay's last name. And all they've really signed on free agency is uh, – uh, the, the big Australian dude. I'm forgetting everybody's name all of a sudden. But I think, like, I, I, I think they're, I think depending on where you're at, you're going to dr- try to do it like the Pacers did, or you're going to try to free up cat space like the Lakers are right now in signing people only to one-year deals so they have a bunch of money to make a run at a free agent class where people will go to L.A., people will People will, will used to go – I mean, Boston has a hard time of getting free agents, too, so I think Boston's got to do it this way, the way the Pacers are doing it. Yeah, well, and I think, too, the problem with the way the Pacers are doing it is, is it creates a window, right? So you draft these guys, or you, or you trade for young players and then develop in the organization. To be, because Hibbert wasn't drafted by the Pacers, was he? Yeah, he was. Was he? Yeah. For some reason, I thought he was drafted by somebody else, and then the Pacers traded for him after draft night. But. I'll double check to make sure, but I'm pretty sure that that he, that he was. Let's see. Okay. Well, the problem you create then is so you've got uh, Paul George who just received his big extension, right? Right. And then Hibbard's going to come up soon at some point. Lance Stevenson is playing out of his mind, and if he can put together a couple years for that, then they're going to have to pay him too. So the problem you run into is you create this window with these young guys where they start playing at max potential at your organization under a smaller contract, and then they become free agents, and they're going to ask for max money. And at that point, I mean, you've got Wade Bosch and uh, LeBron that are willing to take less money to put together a team like Miami, and these young guys are going to be looking for their big payday, their retirement payday, and an organization like the Pacers aren't going to be capable of paying out that type of money to keep all of those players. Well, you know where we just saw that um, is we just saw that with Oklahoma City, uh, where they had uh, James Harden, and instead yeah, of looking, uh, yeah, yeah, they traded uh, uh, they traded him away, and because they signed Serge Ibaka, and then uh, that's that didn't really work out for him. So yeah, you're right. And it looks like uh, Roy Hibbert was drafted by Toronto, so you're right. 
Yeah, I thought he was. Yeah. They, I don't know what they gave up for him, but I think it was it was a draft day trade or yeah. Uh, and let's see, they acquired him. It just says in a trade. It doesn't say for who. Yeah. Yeah, they drafted it. They he was drafted on June twenty eighth, twenty six, and uh, Pacers uh, traded for him, or at least executed on uh, July ninth. July ninth. Yep. Damn, I didn't know that. That's so. Yeah. Okay. So still, they took a chance on somebody before they made themselves known. You know, they decided they needed a big man, and they went out and got him. So yeah, Oklahoma City goes through the same process, and you know what? I don't think they're as good a team for it, but. At some point, you know, maybe what they these teams decide to do is, all right, so they do what the Oklahoma City do. They say, all right, I have this player who's got hella value. I might as well get rid of him and see what I can get for him in return. And they got Kevin Martin. Just he, he played for a season, and that was about it. Art, is Oklahoma City like the Atlanta Braves of the NBA? Turning into it, aren't they? Yeah. Like, just let, let's get to the finals and then get shit on type yeah. of team. Yeah, you know what they're the they're hard not to like. So Kevin Durant signs his extension the same year LeBron does his. LeBron goes on TV, and and everybody can make out of that what they did. You and I are okay with it. A lot of other people hate it, but Kevin Durant signs his huge extension and just goes on to Twitter and announces it on Twitter. He's a hard guy not to like. That's an easy team to root for. Russell Westbrook's kind of a douchebag at times, but. You know, the rest of that team, the Serge Ibaka is pretty solid. I mean, your boy Kendrick Perkins is still there. So, you know, they have a lot of uh, a lot of character people on that team. Dude, I, I said it, I think, last year on the show. Uh, Oklahoma City will not win an NBA championship until Westbrook is not a part of that team. Why do you think that? Because the guy's reckless. I mean, he's he has arguably one of the three best one-on-one players in the NBA on his team. And at the end of close games, Westbrook will take the most ridiculous fucking shots. And, and like, Westbrook tries to take over a game with Kevin Durant on the floor with him, and that makes no fucking sense to me. And I don't know if that's a Westbrook problem or a head coach problem when that happens. It's like Kevin McHale going down the floor and trying to take over a game in the fucking 80s with Larry Bird on the floor. Right. So I wonder, like, let's just say that I know this 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 has come out about uh, your boy Rondo going to the Pacers. But let's say that wasn't out. What would you think if the uh, Celtics try to trade uh, Rondo straight up for Westbrook? I think it potentially could be a great thing for Oklahoma City and – I think with Westbrook going to Boston, where there isn't necessarily a, you know, another fiddle playing in that band, that yeah. Westbrook could probably be a better player I think in Boston. Yeah, I think based on kind of what we were talking about earlier as far as skill set goes, I think Westbrook's skill set would make Boston better than Rondo's skill set. Absolutely. I'd absolutely agree with that because Westbrook wants to be a scorer, and yeah. and, and I think you know, if that's what they're going to ask of a point guard in Boston, then it's probably better. That's not how Rondo's best suited. Rondo's best suited driving and dishing. And if he's got the open shot when he drives, then he takes it. But All right, so I'm going to throw this on you, and I know we didn't talk about this. So um, I have a good idea who the first answer will be, so I'm going to have to say two people. So if you were to take 
the first two people out of anybody. Like you're starting your NBA franchise and you have the first two picks out of anybody. What are the two picks you take? What, current players? Yeah. Yeah, let's say current players because we won't go back to old school. Let's say who, who's on NBA rosters right now. Do I get to take them in their prime or as they are right now? Um, we'll say current players in their prime. I would probably take LeBron James and Tim Duncan. Wow, really? Well, you know I'm going to go LeBron and Kobe. So why yeah, I, Tim Duncan? Yeah, I mean, I think if you're building a championship team that you've got to have a strong presence at the center position. Um, you know, you take a look at the great teams in the NBA all time and, and you look at who played the center position for those guys. Um, you know, the center always played an integral part in, in the team's success. And although I, I, it's like watching paint dry, if I can watch Tim Duncan play basketball, I mean, it's it's undeniable that, I mean, last night I watched highlights. The guy, I mean, what did he do last night? He had 24 points and fucking 14 rebounds or something, and he's fucking 90 years old. Yeah, yeah. And the guy's got a full head of fucking gray hair and a gray goatee. <laughs> he's out there fundamentally people to fucking death. Yeah. And, I mean, that's who I – Tim Duncan, as much as I hate watching the guy play, if I was drafting a team right now, I'd, I'd have to have Tim Duncan on my team. Uh, that's a good answer. I can't do it, though. I mean, the NBA has changed so much to where the center position isn't what it used to be, and you can get away with the guard play. If it was the early 2000s, no doubt about it. But then I'm sure we'd be saying Shaq and LeBron. But um, I think I think LeBron – so, I mean, you could almost start LeBron at center against some of the centers that are in the NBA. You can against Dwight Howard and Tim Duncan, but – there's some centers that are just built like power forwards. I mean, Carl Malone would have his way with people nowadays. Yeah, dude, I mean, and my thought process comes from the fucking Pacers. I mean, look what the Pacers do against teams that don't defend well against Roy Hibbard. He just absolutely fucking wrecks teams. Like what he did against Houston the other night and what he does against Miami. You know, I, I think there's there's still a place in the game for – you know, a dominant center yeah. on an NBA team. Yeah. I I I don't disagree with that. So um right now, current season, the person getting paid the most on the Indiana Pacers is Roy Hibbert. Uh Paul George, you want to guess what his salary is? Uh yearly or total? Right now. And it's twenty thirteen to twenty fourteen salary. Oh uh, dude, it's I know he just signed the extension, which I think takes place next Thanks, year. Yeah. 2.4? Yeah, not not too far. I mean, you're in the right bud. 3.2. I mean, yeah. you talk about return on your investment, just like you were saying. The first contract they signed isn't worth a shit, but he's definitely outplayed it. He'll get it. So, Hibbard makes 14. Granger makes 14. Yeah, that's why he's got to go, dude. And the problem with somebody taking on Granger... I guess for the Pacers is if they trade him, they're trading an expiring contract. Yeah, yeah. So someone would be happy to take the expiring contract. Yep. And I, I think mean, that's why they're they have to partner him with Hill in order to make something work from a trade perspective. I could see that. I mean, if you throw and you know what else? You, when you throw in draft picks, those draft picks kind of offset some of the money as well. You know, the the Lakers when they traded, um, who did they trade? Uh, 
Lamar Odom a couple years ago to Dallas. They got a, uh, they just traded him for like a, a second round pick and they got a trade exemption, which allowed them to get Steve Nash. Now, granted, it hasn't worked out for shit, but every now and then you'll get the trade exemptions and things will, will work their way. But anyway, um, dude, what what are the Lakers going to do? Like Kobe obviously isn't the same player because since he's come back, he's he's playing very differently. I wouldn't call it Jordan esque uh, when Jordan was late in his career, but I think because I think that Jordan had the the capacity to to still score more and be more aggressive than Kobe was doing this year when he played. You, I mean, Kobe just signed that extension. Like, yeah, is Gasol and some of these like older guys going to be out and they're going to bring in young younger players like Jordan and those guys to play with? Kobe kind of be in the floor general and not the primary scorer? I think they're going to have to. I think I think it's, some people are reacting a little bit too quick because Kobe, he'd been back for like four games and then he got hurt again. So we're not really seeing what his body of work is going to look like. Jordan in his last year still was healthy. He just declined. But he was on the, he was on the Wizards. For yeah, time. yeah, for the love of playing with Ron Mercer. I mean, I think they drafted all the Kentucky players they could, and we know how that worked out during those times. Don't worry about them. Uh, so I think now, like, the Lakers are set up to where there's only, like, one or two contracts that extend past the season. And so they're going to have a ton of salary cap. I mean, Kobe's on the books for $30 million this year and, like, 32 and 32 the next couple of seasons. But you have Paul Gasol, who probably won't be there. You have, you know, half the ro- roster that won't be there. And they're trying to find some young talent to kind of come in and play a little bit better. Nick Young played at USC. You know, he's he's been leading the Lakers and scoring the past few games. He's not a superstar, but he could end up being a good role player. And then you, you find the people to fit. Now, if they sign Carmelo, man, we've talked about that. I'm not a fan if they do that. But if they sign Carmelo, I mean, shit, we'll see. I mean, Gasol right now is $20 million on the books. That's crazy, dude. Yeah. $20 million. And you know what? He's 33 years old. He's a seven-footer. Somebody will want him. They, they do need to trade him. They need to trade him and get some value for him. I mean, over the past few years, I haven't liked that idea, but I think it's, it's time you, you kind of move that guy along. Yeah. Yep, I would agree totally. And if you can get him to a shitty team, trade him anywhere in the East, pretty much. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> you know, it'll help that team, and then, who knows, maybe the Lakers get a good lottery pick out of it. Absolutely. Cool. I think we beat this shit to death. What football game are you looking forward to most this weekend? Uh, there's actually four games that I'm looking forward to the most. <laughs> I, am, uh, I am looking forward to uh, Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh and Cleveland. I am looking forward to the Kansas City game. Uh, let me look here. I'm looking forward to the uh, – <laughs> I'm looking forward to every game that impacts Pittsburgh's ability to get to the playoffs is what we're getting at here. So do you think they have a good shot? I mean, what, I mean, I know it's, the chances of what happened is long, but, but I mean, look, how do you feel about those teams possibly losing those games and letting your boys in? What kills me is I, I had never looked at it from this perspective until two weeks ago when you sent me a text message and said, if Pittsburgh doesn't make the playoffs, is it going to be because Antonio Brown stepped out of bounds against the Miami Dolphins? <laughs> and I did uh, absolutely not. It's because they started 0-4 in right, the Thanksgiving right. game against Baltimore. And now that we're down to this point, like I love you to death, 
But I fucking hate the fact that you planted that seed in my mind because now I can't get past that. Uh, so, yeah, so, I mean, the way it breaks down, Pittsburgh is probably going to beat Cleveland because it's at, it's at Pittsburgh, right? So I feel good about that. Right. You've got the Ravens at Cincinnati. Cincinnati has not lost at home, and they're still playing for the number two seed at a one o'clock game. Right. So, and I think the yeah the Patriots play at four thirty. So at that point, Cincinnati's still playing for the number two seed because they don't know the outcome of that game. Yeah. Feel pretty good about Cincinnati. You got the Jets at Dolphins with uh, Ryan Tannehill being banged up. I don't know if they've put a like an injury position on him yet, but uh, but I know he's questionable. We'll say right for the game against the Jets. The Jets is a pretty solid defense. Who's had some success in Miami. Right. I feel I feel pretty good about the Jets' potential to beat Miami. Uh, the problem that I have is that uh, the San Diego Chargers, the the Chiefs Chargers game. I mean, the Chiefs have to go to San Diego. Uh, and play, a, I would consider an extremely hot Chargers team, uh, you know, coming into week 17. And San Diego beat the Chiefs in Kansas City earlier in the year. It, I hate it, but the Chargers could be one of the teams this year that gets in on a wild card and is hot at the end of the year and makes yeah. a great run in the playoffs. Yeah, they're, they're – uh... You know, and for that matter, either one, let's say that Kansas City does beat them and everything else plays out and your Steelers get in, <clears throat> you know, your Steelers can do damage too. The defense has been playing a hell of a lot better. Yeah, the problem is, is I think it's too little too late. I mean, yeah. It, so as a Steelers fan, there's always just enough to give you this false hope where you get really excited about it. Um, and, and the false hope this year is the fact that all the matchups look great for Pittsburgh to get in based on the teams that they need to lose. Right. Uh, except that Chiefs-Chargers matchup. I mean, because the Chargers have to lose, the Dolphins have to lose, and the Ravens have to lose. Yeah. And the, pro- the last time that – well, actually, the last time that Pittsburgh got in the playoffs when three teams had to lose and they had to win, I think, was 1998. Uh, I think if Pittsburgh gets in, and, and if if you watch the NFL Network, they had a segment on where they talked about the team that deserves that six seed the most. Uh, it was Pittsburgh. Yeah. I think if they get in, they can make some noise because if Pittsburgh gets in on the six seed, I think they play the Colts. <laughs> Who is, play, yeah, whoever the third seed is, yeah, which is probably the Colts. Who is a team that? is not that impressive right now. Uh, I think they're a one-and-done team regardless of whether it's San Diego or Kansas City or Pittsburgh or Baltimore that gets in. The Colts are going to get rolled in their first game. I think And the scary thing, so it all, like, so much, so all the AFC variables really come down to um, Baltimore and Cincinnati. Because if Baltimore wins, obviously they're they're in, but they that could knock Cincinnati down, possibly to the four seed. If New England loses, uh, and the Colts win in that scenario, the Colts are the two seed. 
and I don't see New England losing to Buffalo. Don't get me wrong, but there everything just kind of kind of ties itself upon that. I mean, then that would put the Colts as the three seed, uh, and then they would play uh, Baltimore the first week. And just like you're saying, if I'm looking at Baltimore at New England, I'm probably taking Baltimore in that game. Um, and then if it does so happen to where uh, Cincinnati wins that week and the Chargers get in, that's a, that's a Chargers-Bengals matchup, and that's a hell of a game right there. I mean, that seriously could be an AFC ch- uh, championship game right there because I don't think New England's really a two-seed. I don't think they're, you know, without Gronk, they're, I don't know how they end up being 12-4. and four. Uh, You know, you do have to worry about Denver, but Denver lays an egg too, so AFC to me is wide open. Yeah, and the problem I have with Denver is, like, now, like, they just lost their key cog of the defense yeah. out, you know. And, I mean, they're they're going to end up going in as the number one seed unquestionably because they're not going to get beat by fucking the Raiders this weekend. But I, they're going to get a first-round bye, and, I mean, they're going to get what could be a pretty competitive team depending on how this all shakes out. I mean, they're going to get Cincinnati. They're going to get Kansas City again. They're going to get Pittsburgh, Miami, San Diego, or Baltimore. And I think Baltimore, San Diego, and Pittsburgh got just as good a chance as anybody that's going to make the playoffs from the AFC to go into Denver and beat Denver in the playoffs. So if it ends up like this, let's say it ends up, Kansas City, I'm sorry, let's say Denver, New England, uh, Baltimore, the Colts, Kansas City, and the Chargers, we'll just say, because I'm almost leaning towards that. Um, Would you say the worst team in that uh, is the Colts? Absolutely. Hands down by far. Yeah. So in that matchup, they play Kansas City at home, who they just beat the shit out of last week, though. Yeah, I... I, I and that's the tough thing with the playoffs is, you know, these teams just met two weeks ago. Yeah. And I mean, it, it's tough to beat a team twice in a season, like playoff contender caliber teams. Yeah. Twice in a season, much less twice in three weeks. Yeah. I know? I was shocked that the Colts won that game and won so handily in that game. That was that was nuts to me. Yeah, but Kansas City has had a lot of injuries on defense, too, the past five weeks. So they're not the same defensive team that they once were, which is what kept them in games and allowed Alex Smith to just manage the clock, manage the game, not turn the ball over type situations. But Kansas City's defense has given up a hell of a lot of points. Yeah, yeah, they have over the past couple weeks. But I think the AFC is going to be the funnest of them. I mean, really, it could end up Seattle, Carolina – New Orleans, Philly, um, San Fran, and Chicago in the NFC. And I don't feel good about any one of those teams going up to Seattle and beating Seattle. In the NFC? Yeah. Uh, I told you if there's any team that, that has a chance. I mean, I talked about this last time I was on the show. It's Carolina. Yeah. I, yeah, and that's, that's all of our I – mean, we all kind of, kind of feel that way, especially – Carolina now looks like they're in the two seed, so they're not sneaking up on anybody like they might have been before. I think San Francisco's got a shot to do it. They're a five seed. You know, you talk about that wild card team getting in and possibly making a run. 
I think they could be it from the NFC. The way that Seattle manhandled the, the Saints in New Orleans, though, I don't think the Saints have much of a chance. Yeah, but, dude, fucking Carson Palmer MVP went in last week <laughs> and fucking handled Seattle at home, too, though. I mean... That defense is good, too. I mean, that Seattle defense isn't the same as that Saints defense. Or that uh, Arizona defense isn't the same as the Saints defense. Yeah, I mean, last time I was on the show, I mean, the big topic yeah. was who can go into Seattle and beat Seattle, and then right. the fucking following Sunday, the fucking Arizona Cardinals go in and beat yeah. Seattle at Seattle. Yeah, and, and for Arizona to get in, the Saints cannot be in. So that's yeah. that, that would be some shit. Yeah, I mean, is Chicago the team that gets in now? I mean, no. what, what are we oh, talking sorry. about? Green Bay should be. I'm sorry. I should have changed that. Green Bay is definitely going to be Chicago this week. Uh, do you think Rodgers is the same quarterback we see this week that we saw through the first eight weeks? No. Seven weeks? No, but he's, he's – I mean, Chicago's defense is just so bad. I mean, they're so – is, So is Jay Cutler, dude. Yeah. 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 So should they be starting McCown instead of Cutler? They never should have brought Cutler back. Yeah. He never should have came back. The first game that he came back, when you look at his body of work throughout the entire course of the game, he had a good second half. But he had two interceptions in the first half. That game never should have been as close as it was. Oh. And it was on it was on Cutler. It was because of Cutler. Yeah. He's he's I don't know. Think they signed him to a to a, a big contract in the offseason? Yeah, because there's nobody else. Dude. Yeah. That's what I think. It's McCown, it's Josh Freeman, I mean it's guys like that. I mean and they're not gonna have a high enough pick unless they want to like trade up somehow to get somebody. Right. I mean, Cutler's going to get a max contract. And I think I'm okay with that for Chicago because what do you get in? Just like you and I kind of think the same way on this shit. I know Greg sees it a little bit differently, but what do you want to do? Go back to the Rex Grossman days? I mean, you don't have that same defense. They can't carry your quarterback. You need at least a quarterback who can try to make a play, even though he's so fucking bad. Yeah, but I mean – I. The problem is, is I mean, it's it's the Flacco syndrome. When you bring in a mediocre quarterback at a max contract for that much money, you don't have money left. Right. Like, what happens when Brandon Marshall and Alshon Jeffrey and Matt Forte and, like, Martellus Bennett, like, when they come up for contracts? And you've got Jay Cutler signed to this $100 million fucking deal. Like, all of a sudden, everything that makes Jay Cutler look good in the 15 minutes of four quarters of football that he does look good. Yeah. Like, there's there's an attack going on in the background. Um, Like, then Jay Cutler becomes nothing when the only thing he has to throw to is, oh, who's the third wide receiver? Uh, What are they going to put? What's his fake? He's like 90 years old. Um, Earl Bennett. Earl Bennett, yeah. Played yeah. in the Valparaiso. Yeah, Earl Bennett becomes your number one wide receiver because you signed Jay Cutler to a $100 million deal. Yeah, and then they can have Devin Hester, of course, back at wide receiver again, too. Yeah, I mean, it's it's, it's embarrassing. You know, it is kind of interesting that when you go to the NBA page uh, for ESPN, it shows you the salaries on the rosters, but when you go to the NFL page, they don't show you the salaries for rosters. Yeah, of course not. Of course not. Of course not. Um, 
Who is it? Well, I mean, Buck McCown's been in the league 11 years, and Keller's been in the league only eight years. So you're talking 30 versus 34. So I think just in that, you got to make the, the decision there. Marshall's 29. Um, Alshon Jeffries, you know, is just out of school, 23. So now they've got some talent, but they have no defense. It really is one of the worst defenses in the league now. Yeah, and which is sad because that's you know that's what that team's known for. Monsters, you know. Way. Yeah. Who do the Saints? Saints play who this week? Where is it? Is it Atlanta? Oh yeah, I think that's what you said, and that's why we were taking Jimmy Graham. You yeah. know, I got a text from Nick and Callie. He did mention that uh, maybe Vernon Davis would be a good. Uh, uh, tied in this week in FanDuel because they play Arizona, which is the worst against tight ends. Like, all right, cool. Yep, that. probably good. Good call, Nick. Um, buddy, that's all I got. You got anything else? Uh, I mean, I've got something for you that's non-sports related if you want to hear about it. Fuck yeah, I want to hear about it. Yeah, so I got this guy named uh, Daniel Hotcock Cooper. <laughs> <clears throat> so have you seen this? No, I... I... I, I haven't, and I, I saw you text the name, but I didn't realize that was the name, so that's awesome. Yeah, so Daniel, nicknamed Hotcock Cooper, convicted of sex with a Land Rover. <laughs> in, in the spirit of Boys Town, and I quote, Well, let me do this. Hang on. If you're going to do that, let me at least play the sounder. I'm a guy, and football players pretend they live in a box. I'm saying it right now. Peyton Manning looks fucking good. Oh, goody! Using, maybe one was using and now he's not. Perturbed and frustrated. You can accept it. Can I argue and complain about whoever the fuck dresses Craig Seeger? Jojo, the idiot circus boy. Alright. All you, buddy. I'm going to do the best, the best Hollywood I can here. Okay. Daniel Hotcock Cooper, convicted of sex with the Land Rover. And I quote, <laughs> A man with, self, with the self-proclaimed nickname Hotcock is in hot water after allegedly getting naked and attempting sex with a Land Rover. <laughs> a court in Wells, UK, recently convicted Daniel Cooper, 24, of indecent exposure. He was banned from going outside between 7 p.m. and 7 a.m. on Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays for the next three months. The order stems from an August 18th incident where Cooper, who is known by the nickname of Hotcock, was caught on surveillance video getting naked and then grinding against a blue 4x4 Land Rover Discovery, the New York Daily News reported. Cooper told the court that he was so drunk at the time that he did not remember his autoerotic encounter until he saw the video. The Land Rover was not available for comment, <laughs> but it wasn't the only inanimate object that caught Cooper's eye during that evening. Earlier in the evening, witnesses saw him bumping and grinding with the counter on a kebab shop and simulating sex on the floor with his pants around his ankles. He was also seen walking down the street with his pants pulled down. Cooper, a father of three, great parenting, also urinated in the streets. When he, when he was arrested, he admitted to offers that he, had, that he rarely drank. Besides the three-month three nighttime ban, Cooper was ordered to pay a $134 fine. 
I fucking love that um, he was he his sentence was pretty much, "Hey, you're grounded. You can't go out on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday night." That that's the sentence. So I'm kind of looking this guy up, and I found Daniel Hotcock Cooper's Facebook page. So he is uh, on under his about. Um, he's a bad motherfucker at badass motherfucker. So that's his employment. Um, he is married to Stacy Cooper. I cannot cur- confirm nor deny that that is an inanimate object. And just looking at the shit that he's got on, I mean, uh, this is one of his. Oh shit! Where to go? One of his posts. Well, where to go? I just lost it. Um, yeah, he happy Chimbo Mister Double Mister Double D. Uh, he's 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 a he's a dumb fuck. He really is a dumb fuck. Yeah. So, dude, the great thing is, so his attorney is quoted in saying. He is a responsible family man who looks after the children while his wife goes out to work. Do <laughs> you want to interpret that, Scotty? I don't know what look after the children means. Yeah, I think that translates into the wife works, he stays at home and doesn't do anything but drinks. So, I mean, if he's a responsible family man who looks after the children while his, while his wife goes out to work, and work is not undefined... My beautiful wife just brought up a great point of, is his wife a stripper? <laughs> oh, I don't know. Let's see. Uh, let me see. I can, I can, let me click on her and see if I can pull up her page now. I mean, if you go to her Facebook page and there is her in a bikini and a pole in the background, there's a pretty good chance. Um, oh, you're finished nope. right now. No, no. If, she, if she's a stripper, she's on Fatty's Inc., she is not an attractive woman whatsoever. Like, well, I mean, did you see the picture of this guy? He, I see her like they're they're, and yeah, he's not attractive. No, Mm-mm. you know when you you know when you do your laundry and you wash your bedding and you like hold the pillow under your chin to put the pillowcase on. He looks like he's holding a pillowcase <laughs> full of biscuits and gravy underneath his chin. Uh, yeah, what I'm looking at. She definitely looks like she's waiting for the biscuits and gravy. Uh, her post: Happy Christmas, everyone. Hope you have a fab day. I know I will with my. I know, N O, not K N O W. I will, and then a whole bunch of uh, yeah. So they're illiterate fucks too, by the way. Did you say fab day or fat day? Uh, either way, the answer is yes. <laughs> this is a big fucking family. So I get it. So I'm thinking he just mistook the Land Rover for his wife. <laughs> <laughs> it's all clear now to me that that yeah, the Land Rover's white, his wife's white. Yeah, they're, they're both big vehicles, yeah. like large back end. Yeah, right. large back. Yeah, large back end. Yeah. <laughs> Good God! I think on that. We probably need to end this madness. Thanks for coming on. I you have oh, uh do you have a final thought, buddy? Don't fuck Land Rovers. <laughs> no matter how much they look like your wife. Don't do it. And I think I'll go out on Ride a Shark. If you're gonna do the weird news, I'll do his outro. <laughs> Ride a Shark. Love you, Hollywood. <laughs> yeah, no shit. Love you, Wood. Miss you gov, motherfuckers, we're out. We're kinda out. Now we're out. We want to talk right down to earth.
in a language that everybody here can easily understand. This is going to be one fucked up podcast. And we've got players now coming up limp. EP in football. This is the guy who's broken down. You don't know the power of the dark side. I believe in karma, man. Seriously? You fellas been doing a bit of boozing, have you? Sucking back on Grandpa's old cough medicine? Oh, Rondo just got ejected. Seriously? I'm talking about the the, the pre-intercourse. There's still maybe some titties. What we've got here is failure to communicate. That was a freak day.